Wake Up World. You're now tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I'm your host, Devon Pouncey. This podcast is brought to you by Dovetail Coffee. Before I get ready to record the podcast or get out of bed, ready to start the day, I need a cup. Now, I just recently became a coffee drinker, and usually I need to add all the creams and all the sugar, but with Dovetail, you can drink it straight black. I promise you, you can drink it straight black. D-Boy, you drink black coffee at all? Man, I drink that Dovetail straight black, man. No cream, no hazelnut. And I grew up always needing all the sweet stuff to make it work, but I promise you, this coffee is legit. Um, Go to DovetailCoffee.com, DovetailCoffee.com. You can put in the promo. Promo code wake up. You put in that pro- promo code, you'll get a free delivery of any purchase from Dovetail Coffee that you decide to make. So, dovetailcoffee.com, put in the promo code wake up, and you'll get a free delivery sent right to your front door. So, uh, now that y'all know that D Boy is in the building, what's good, D Boy? What's good, world? What's good with you, man? Oh, man, nothing too much, nothing too much. I got to give a couple shout outs right quick. One, two, uh, our new podcast, the three on two podcast that I'm a part of. Um, we're covering Oregon and Oregon State Beavers basketball. We're doing it for the Oregonian slash Oregon Live. Uh, it's myself, Danny Moran of the Oregonian, and Tyson Alger of the Oregonian. It's pretty fun. Uh, we talk a lot of Ducks and Beavers basketball. We talk Pac-12 basketball. We talk NBA basketball. We just talk basketball. But, you know, it, it's definitely a good, fun podcast. Very informative with those two guys being the writers for the Ducks and the Beavers basketball ball teams and covering a lot of Pac-12 ball in their own perspective, I mean, in their own right. But, um, yeah, so be sure to go to OregonLive.com and check it out. You can go to the sports section. You can go to either Ducks or Beavers, and you'll see it right there near the top of the page, the three-on-two podcast with Moran, Alger, and myself. So you could also go on my social media and look for it as well. But um, first off, I want to pay much respect and much homage to Dr. Martin Luther King, the Capricorn himself. Uh, Many of you don't know, my birthday was last Friday as well, so uh, I got a lot of love and respect for Martin Luther King in more ways than just what he did for society, but we're two Capricorns out here rocking and repping. But uh, this past Monday was Martin Luther King Day, and I want to pay homage to Martin Luther King for all that he's done um, for society, for all that he's done for myself, D-Boy, all he's done for you. Yes, indeed. All he's done for all races, all colors, all types of people, and the message that he pushed out when it came to peace and togetherness and trying to make this thing work and having a positive message. And uh, he's definitely got a lot of influence on this podcast. Me being a young African, African-American male myself, um, and being somebody who's a public speaker, you know, I speak publicly, I speak to the people, um, through, you know, what I do through my occupation and whatnot. So he definitely encourages me a lot to be able to go out and, you know, speak a good message and have an influence on society in whichever way that I could, because I think it's necessary going forward. It, it was necessary then, uh, when he was alive and speaking out. And I think it's still necessary now while I'm a young male in society to speak out to try to help progress society in whichever way I could D-Boy you do it through music yes indeed it's all about influence so whether it's sports podcast music whatever positive influence and he's the biggest 
you know, vision that we've seen do that so far. So exactly. So with the platforms we have, we just we got to do what we got to do, and he's a great influence to that. So now that we're talking about Martin Luther King Day, I want to get into NBA basketball on Martin Luther King Day because. <laughs> It was a huge day. NBA, you know, the NBA always puts on some premier games on that holiday. It's a holiday where a lot of people get off of work. You know, you get your three-day weekend, and most people at the time, once the games come on, are kind of winding down, and, you know, they've done whatever they had to do earlier in the day because they didn't have to go to work. So they're winding down and probably preparing to go back to work off of what could have been a long three-day weekend, could have been a short three-day weekend. You might not have had a three-day weekend I but typically <laughs> look at mlk day as a chill day you know what i mean right, right. freebies as far as the three-day weekends is concerned but that wasn't the case in the nba it wasn't nothing chill about oh, yeah, it yeah, <laughs> it was nothing chill about the nba at all but that's why i think they put those premier games on on that day because everybody's at home everybody's chilling everybody's watching tv what better day to be able to put some of your premier games right than martin luther king day when a lot of people don't have to work and they're at home but as you mentioned, it wasn't a chill day. You had uh, you had Kyle Lowry and Ben Simmons get into it on the court. They get ejected. Mm-hmm. They're calling out to each other to go meet in the back in the locker room. Right, right. You got the Rockets versus the Clippers, another game got, where— Yeah, that made headlines it, nationally. It, that, exactly. That got pretty hostile with, you know, Trevor Ariza and Gerald Green and Austin Rivers and Blake Griffin and Chris Paul on his return, his first time returning back to— LA so that got pretty hostile then they said guys ran in some Rockets players went into the Clippers locker room after the game and it was police presence and it was all this good stuff that went down and yeah it's ugly and the fact that you say it's ugly is very interesting to me because I think a lot of people have put it out there that the NBA players behaved in an ugly way they behaved in a poor manner. They behaved, and I'm not saying you're saying that, but I'm saying generally speaking, I've seen a lot of analysts. I've seen a lot of people on social media. A lot of people criticize these NBA players right. for the way that they behaved because they felt they behaved in an ugly manner. And it's some emphasis on the way that they behaved because they behaved that way on Martin Luther King's day. So it made it look bad in a predominantly African-American league, a predominantly black league. You got these guys acting a certain type of way on Martin Luther King Day. Now, I disagree wholeheartedly with that because while a lot of people are blaming these players for their their behavior, I'm going to take it up a notch and blame the NBA for the behavior for a lot of these players. Well, I mean, first off, I just don't even think that Martin Luther King Day or Martin Luther King in general influenced a bad behavior for from for the players. No, no, no. I don't think they said that it, that it influenced the bad behavior. But I'm saying the fact that the it bad behavior happened day. coincidentally on Martin Luther King Day, a day where the NBA is having all of these tributes to Martin Luther King, a day where everybody is having tributes to Martin Luther King because it's his holiday. That it just was kind of a negative connotation put on that because these players behave that way. But you got NBA t- on TNT doing right. all. T- types of tributes you had to follow even here in portland they didn't play on mlk day but the day after damian lillard before the game did a tribute to martin luther king before they played against the phoenix Suns. so right. it was just that the coincidence the fact that it was coincidental that 
this type of behavior happened on Martin Luther King Day maybe made the NBA look bad, made the culture look bad in general because of how big those that, that day was and how big those games were. Yeah, I, I mean, I still, I'm having a hard, I don't like that we kind of overshadow his day with what happened. I think it's just not really a, a direct connector. And right. I think it's just more so when I was saying it's ugly, it's just how many parties involved when we named all of the different players between just the uh, Clippers and Rockets in general. You right. know what I mean? So that was one aspect of it that I mean was ugly. And then what I was really talking about, which we'll dive into, is the whole going into the opposing team's locker room. Right. That was another, you know, I mean, if we want to dissect it from that nature, but I'm just having a really hard time accepting that whole Martin Luther King Day and it takes away from the culture or the tributes or any of that because right. I totally disagree. Right. So, I mean, like I said, I, I do think there is a connection there. I do think there is a connection there. I do think that those players feel the same way that we may feel as far as why they're able to play the sport. And I'm talking, like I said, I'm not talking about when it comes to the behavior of those players on that particular night, but I'm talking about just the fact that they're able to play in the NBA, the way that they're able to play in the NBA, as I mentioned, Damian Lillard had a speech and he talked about how what Martin Luther King was able to do, the foundation that he laid allowed him and his, him, him, uh, him and his teammates to be able to do what it is that they do. It allowed, you know, his coaching staff to be able to be a diverse coaching staff and do what it is that they do. So I do think that the connection is there. What I have a problem with is blaming these players for their behavior on that day when the added element is there that the NBA decided to schedule the the Warriors versus the Cavaliers, the biggest game you have to offer. Right Now, right. I don't know if anything happened in that game. Maybe a technical here or there. I, I know that's yeah. something we're going to dive into here in a minute when it comes to these players and these NBA refs. But... You schedule Chris Paul's return, a Hall of Famer, a future Hall of Famer, one of the best point guards we've ever seen, and you're going to schedule his return to play in Los Angeles against his former team that he spent six years with. Yeah. So They knew it was potential for maximized entertainment. Ex it was yeah, going to get spunky. Exactly. Period. Maximized yeah. entertainment, maximized competition. You know that that's going to come with that. So I'm not going to sit here and dissect why Chris Paul was wrong for the way that he behaved, even though reports also came out that he was actually trying to defuse the situation in the locker room. I know a lot of people are saying they were sneaking through the back door and this and that, but reports have come out since then that he and James Harden were trying to kind of calm the situation down. And maybe Chris Paul was just a guy that knew how to go through the black back door because he right, played there for right. six years. But even if that wasn't the case, he for sure knew. Yeah, he, he for sure knew. <laughs> but but let's say that wasn't the case. And Chris Paul did go in there to have his teammates backs or get a little active or get a little spunky because of what we saw on the basketball court. I still blame and credit the NBA for doing it because the NBA scheduled those games knowing that there was going to be tension between the Clippers and the Rockets. There's going to be tension between or potential tension between the Warriors and the Cavaliers who's played in the last three NBA finals against each other. Like, you know, that's going to come with that. I mean, honestly, you might think that this is super far off, but 
I don't really see a blame on the players or the or the NBA. To be honest, like yeah. I feel like you're supposed to schedule these games on these high caliber days where you got the most viewers. You want to schedule these rivalries I and agree. these com- you know competitive games. You want to give people the best potential games to watch while they have the best potential chance to it's watch marketing. it. And that, exactly. It's marketing. So with that, I'm not blaming anybody. Like I said, any the only thing I have a problem with is if indeed somebody was going into someone else's locker room for the sole purposes of stimulating an already bad situation instead of defusing it. Now, like you just said, reports come out, he tried to defuse it. If that's the case, then maybe he should have went a different way about it, but I'm still not as, it's not as disgusting to me because that's the biggest thing that comes out of it. I just watched the Laurie and and, um, Ben Simmons thing again over and that wasn't too big of a deal to me. That didn't seem to... That's a normal day in NBA, whether For MLK, sure. Christmas, or anything else. That's just a regular... That's basketball. That's basketball. basketball. A guy sticking up for his teammate and words exchange and heat of the moment, six seconds left in the game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the game is already decided. Yes, it's a little bit of tension. That's regular. So I don't think it takes away from the... Co- it wasn't any super... You know, it wasn't no square-on fights. You right. know what I mean? It right. wasn't punches thrown and... All kind of craziness like that. So I just, you know, I think it's being blown up a lot bigger. Yeah, than it has yeah, to be. yeah. I, and, Unless I missed something, was no, it fight? Was it punches? Well, I, I, well, the following day, Aaron and Flalo. Yeah, but MLK yeah, but Day. That was the yeah, on MLK Day in particular. Okay. But I guess things happen so closely that you could say since the day after. For example, the, the day after Damian Lillard did that tribute, as I mentioned. But right. also the day after Aaron and Flalo swung on a guy. But I do think that's irrelevant yeah, no, in the case yeah, yeah. of that particular night when these guys, you know, received the criticism that they received. And I do agree with you that I'm not necessarily trying to play a blame game. And I agree with you that the marketing tactic is there. Yeah. But in reality... It's still the NBA that's doing the marketing. So if there's anybody to blame, I'm not going to blame the players. I'm going to blame the NBA who made the right marketing move as far as maybe ratings are concerned and entertainment is concerned. And, you know, putting it all together and packaging it with that day when a lot of people are at home and can watch the NBA and can watch some of the best competition that the NBA has to offer. That was the right move. But if you're going to blame anybody for the behavior, I'm still going to blame the league because they know that that could have came with the games that were scheduled on that day. And that's all I'm saying. But I understand where you're coming from not blaming either because that's basketball. A lot of what we saw out there was basketball. That's why Shaq and Kenny are laughing that security is getting involved is getting involved the LAPD is getting involved I understand that perspective too because that's who I mean like I said when when prior to watching the games we was excited for the matchups we for were looking sure. forward to watching that day of basketball in general I, I think nowhere in my mind or yours did we expect oh Larry and uh, Ben Simmons might have a thump today or might right. get into an altercation didn't expect that the closest one which is still I wanted to see it like crazy is the Clippers and the Rockets just because of the whole CP3 and all of that but even still I wasn't watching that expecting for it to become a 
violent or whatever you want to call it environment. So it's still up to the players to conduct themselves in a manner and realize which stage and platform that they on and realize what day that this is on and know that this could have been set up for marketing or whatever reasons, but they got to understand that the self-control on they and it's, it's an accountability thing. Yeah, right? but I, I mean, it's an accountability thing, but it's basketball. So if we're going to sit here and say that it's, that it's basketball and these guys are basketball players, you're not necessarily thinking about the platform. You're thinking about competing. You're thinking about being a basketball um, player. Before the game, it's all fine and dandy to do a Martin Luther King tribute. No, no, no. A Martin, but once we incise the in Inside this 94 feet of Yeah, but of I think hardwood. just because you know you're competing, it doesn't just, you can't just push to the side the fact that you're on a super good platform and got to pr- conduct yourself No, right no, way. no, I That's disagree I, with that because I'm, I feel like this is a part of competition. These guys are out there competing. Yeah, you can conduct when, yourself in a type of way. Everybody, I mean, game in right. and game out, things happen, but what I'm saying is I'm not going to blame them for conducting the way that they conducted being caught up in competition. And they I'm were not, caught up and, in competition. And like I said, once again, the general confrontations is not what I have a problem with. What I'm talking about as far as the stage and being on the big stage and the day and everything, the whole street mentality of meet me in the back locker room and all of this if it was for that reason. Like I said, in competition, exchange your words, your little shrugs, whatever you gotta do. But the whole mentality on that day of being barbaric as far as I'm concerned. If you're talking about go meet me in the back tunnel yeah. to go throw down, you just, it's no room for it's that regardless. Sport. You I think sports get barbaric in a lot of ways. That's why, you know, I also don't, if you think about it from a perspective of the NFL, and we've talked about it here on the podcast. If you think about the comments that uh, the defensive back Mitchell made from the Pittsburgh Steelers when he talked about how barbaric the sport is and how everybody is worried about head injuries with the sport. And he's like, nobody's talking about UFC in that manner and UFC and boxing these are also sports that get physical basketball I would consider to be a physical sport so what I'm saying is on the night where you're playing against your former team, on the night where it's two teams that have created a rivalry now, on the night where you're trying to have the best competition play against each other, you should expect that. You should, I'm not saying, and I'm not giving guys an excuse for fighting, but what I'm saying is it's still a part of competition and since that element is there and that's one of the elements that you're apparently trying to market because you're scheduling these games on these days. Basically, you, you think that is excuse for them to publicly tell each other to meet me in the locker room I think it's and everything part of the game. to fight. I think, think it's part of the game. That's what I'm saying. And I so think it's think part it... of why some of these players may be good, as good as they are. Some of it could be a front too. Don't get me wrong. But being that deeply caught up in competition is part of the reason why we even watch these guys anyway because the passion is there. You're putting them I, I don't, in a position to play with so I don't much think, passion I don't think attempting. To, I don't think attempting again a street fight per se is a part of the game. I, it, it, it came from the game. It stemmed from the game. That's, I don't I'm think not, it's I don't part think they of the game. I don't think if you go... You're saying, like, it's just cool because no, it's a part of the game. it is I don't a part of the game. If it's stemming fight. from there, if it stems from something, it's a part of something. That's not street fighting. That's... We got caught up in competition, me, and it got into... Meet me in the tunnel is indicative of we finna go yeah, throw down. We know that. Fighting fighting happens in sports. It happens in sports. Once again, so I get that, it, but so I don't I'm think not, it excuses I, it. I don't think that that's considered street that fighting because I don't think that these guys go out and fight all... I mean, it does happen. Guys 
drink, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. We've mm-hmm. heard of cases of guys and their crew going out and fighting. I think we get each other. Point, That's though, one but thing. It's but just, like I said, I think that knowing the magnitude of the day and as a black athlete and a black man, I think that, like I said, it's a difference between a confrontation and taking it to the next level where you just look like you have no remorse for the day and the respect for when what's going on. When it comes to competition, on. I don't think and, you, you don't. That's what I'm saying. But That's I think, what I'm saying. If I you're going to schedule these day, games I think on a day like that, you have to be a little bit more aware. I don't think could, so. Gonna, I don't think so if right. you're going to schedule me to play against my former team or you're going to somewhere where you know things can get hostile. I don't think these guys are going to... You basically telling them to go out there and hold but back. Like I said, they're not going to do I'm, that. I'm thinking more in regards to the Ben Simmons and Larry thing. Like I said, if it was only one incident, which was... The, would have been the only expected incident. I don't think it would be magnified like that. But any other game that was set up that day, I don't feel like we expected for it to get hostile to that point. I'm not, as far as the Rockets and Clippers, yes. I don't think you ever really expect that. No, I but I'm you, just I saying that's a disagree. part of it's the game. It's certain games that you feel like can get spunky between certain players, uh, definitely. But, I don't but, think. But what I'm saying is, even still with that happening, yeah, Lowry and Simmons happened on a specific type of day. These are still two teams that... Now that Simmons in Embiid, you got a healthy Embiid, you got Simmons who's a really good guard, you got two potential playoff teams there. So they're still Eastern it's the Conference. East. It's the East. Exactly. East or not, these guys are playing for – Toronto's going to the playoffs. That's for sure. Philadelphia is a team that has a shot at the playoffs. It's still a competitive game as far as, you know, these guys going out there and playing. I just think that, hey, it happens. It's a part of the sport, which is why I think, yeah, Shaq and Kenny were – right in a lot of ways to laugh at are y'all really calling the police are y'all really calling the security to come here and defuse this or whatever like come on it's not that big of a deal so I feel like it was like I said nobody has the intent when I go play basketball I don't have the intention to go out there and say oh I'm about to go get in a fight tonight I got the intention of going out there against and get buckets especially if I know I'm playing against some other good competition I'm going out there to play hard play passionate it. But if a fight happens, if something takes place during the game or because of the game, I know that that's a part of the game as well. So I just think that is still an added element. I'm not sitting here and trying to 100% defend these players, right. but I feel I like everybody, everybody, exactly, just, like everybody is coming at these players and nobody is speaking on the added element of this is kind of what they wanted to happen I, on this I day. guess if we, if I wanted to paint a picture, I would say it's kind of contradictive where you got one player such as Lillard showing his appreciation for them being able to play the game and doing what they love and make the kind of money they make and blah, blah, blah. For sure. And then you got somebody else who's doing the complete opposite, talking about meet me in the back, you feel me, to For sure. in, indicate fighting. So but, it's kind of like, do you appreciate what he did for you or are you going to use his platform and still act ridiculous over what some say is a game? Well, well, well that's where I kind of disagree to a lot of aspects because I feel like once Lillard, get, even a guy like Lillard who did what he did, like I said, I think that's more of a coincidental thing. Even when Lillard did his Martin Luther King approach, 
he's still going to go out there and play his heart out. He didn't get into a fight that day or he didn't get into an altercation that day. But I don't think if an altercation presented himself that presented itself that Lillard would have backed down because it was MLK day. I just don't think that. Yeah, I could opinion, be wrong. Right? It's an yeah, opinion. I could be wrong, day, but I think about it, playing your it's heart not about you. They're going to do that night in and night out regardless. And, and it's a part of competition. So that's what I'm saying. Even if Lillard did that speech before the game and things got feisty or spunky during the game, Lillard it. is going to get spunky too because right. that's just a part of the game. Right. So I just and think it was more coincidental said, instead of putting emphasis on really that agreeing day. is that we shouldn't put emphasis on the day because this could happen at any given day, at any it, given exactly. moment in this kind of game. So, exactly, exactly. Sure. Especially when you put all of those games together on one particular day. Some of the most competitive games that you can possibly put together. So that's all I'm saying from that perspective. But I want to stick with the NBA a little bit more because uh, you had NBA refs. You've seen a pretty much guys are breaking records um, as far as getting and receiving technicals this year. We have seen a lot of confrontation amongst the players, but this thing between the players and the refs has gotten to the point to where supposedly on All-Star Weekend, there's supposed to be some player representatives, some NBA officials, and maybe some, uh, some NBA referees and some NBA officials who are supposed to collectively meet and talk about how to fix some of these problems with all of these guys receiving technicals and all of these ejections that are happening. And, you know, basically referees and players not really being able to work together. What's your thoughts on that? General, some general thoughts you have about that. Um, I just, as far as the whole meeting is concerned and what's going on, I, I just don't, I don't like that at all. I don't think it should be any player referee interaction or relations or anything i think that as players it's their job to play and as referees it's their job to referee and anything that needs to be you know taken care of or controlled needs to come from up top you know what i mean yeah. nba people you know what i mean but Officials. exactly yeah. like i think that it should be you know people should have jobs for that but not meeting with the nba players i think it's yeah. completely unfair i yeah. think it's not the way to fix the issue and I think it can only really deeper the problems come playoff times when we at maximum competitive competition. Right. Yeah, I agree because what if I have somebody from my what if I'm a team and I'm maybe a playoff team, a team that can have a shot at winning an NBA championship and I don't have not one representative from my organization to be there in that meeting. And you were telling there's three players, yeah. three referees, and an NBA official. Yeah, that's the format that that's they're the trying to take That's the format that right they're now. trying to take to have this meeting. So I would expect one of those players maybe to be Chris Paul because he is, um, he's, runs the NBA, NBA president he's the president NBA. of the NBA Players Association. Right. So I would expect Chris Paul to be one of those guys. Um, LeBron James. LeBron just is a thought, but because it's LeBron and it's he's LeBron. the most popular yeah. player in basketball. Dang near the face and of the, the NBA. Yeah, and then maybe somebody from the Warriors who has the best team, but I think there's still a lot of dilemma with that because let's say Chris Paul does go into this meeting. I don't care if you're filming it, recording it, whatever you try to do to defuse, you know, the argument that a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves, let's just say it's in that way. LeBron, Chris Paul, and Steph Curry are in a meeting. Now, let's say I'm this Minnesota Timberwolves, and I don't have one guy representing the Minnesota Timberwolves in my meeting. But I'm a good team in the Western Conference, and I have to play against 
Steph Curry in the NBA semis. I have to play against the uh, Chris Paul and the Houston Rockets in the NBA semis. What if I have to play against one of these yeah, teams? I feel disadvantaged and now by nature. I feel disadvantaged that these guys were able to go in and have personal interaction with referees on how to fix this situation during the season. That they can go that back, they and, can reference go back and reference to season. use it later in the season when I'm playing against them in the playoffs. Cool. I'm all fine and dandy with this happening before. I played college ball, and college ball, I know the game is transitioned now to where these guys, they, it's, it's, an, it's tailored for to be an offensive game. The game is no longer tailored for being overly physical. It's no longer tailored for being the tougher guy. The game, these referees, these officials, they want to see more scoring in the game of basketball. So I can recall when I played college ball before the season, we'd have scrimmages before and after the scrimmages. Referees would talk to us about what we can do, what rules were changed, what we can't do. That's all fine and dandy. But don't wait until All Star Weekend in the middle of the season to no, try to have no, these no. to try to have these meetings with these players. And now a dynamic can change within the season, and it may be able to affect in a positive or a negative way any team in Terrible the NBA decision. from what we were Terrible. taught in the beginning of the season. So I think it's a bad decision Terrible. all the way around. Terrible. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Like you can't do that. I don't want Chris Paul to be in a meeting and then I end up having to play Chris Paul in the NBA playoffs or in the NBA finals or whatever, however far the Houston Rockets end up going. And he has an advantage to be able to say, oh yeah, I was a part of that meeting on All-Star Weekend and we can do this, 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 and that, or we can't do this, 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 and that, or they can do this, 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 and that, or they can't do this, 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 and that. And to elaborate on that, I think that, you know, I'm not defending any party, but I think players got to understand that even as referees, like, this is a new wave of basketball that ain't been seen before. It's yeah. a lot of people that's good, fast, built strong, shoot crazy, dribble crazy. Like, it yeah. is a different <laughs> speed. It is a different caliber right now. So, I think that players got to understand that too with certain missed calls and things like that. That's going to happen. That happens at every level. You know what I'm saying? But with the kind of basketball that's being played right now, I do not think that the players should have such a short rope on the referees because no. they are bringing a different dynamic and it's going to take the refs a little bit to catch up for real. And at the end of the day, and I'll be honest with you, and I love and respect what these players are doing on and off the court when it comes to being an influence on society, when it comes to having a voice, when it comes to, you know, pretty much being honest, saying what they want to say, how they want to say it, not acting in a manner where you have to be overly professional. They're acting in a manner where we're going to be ourselves and you have to accept us for who we are and how we are. I respect that aspect, but that can still carry over in the competition. And I don't feel like it's a referee's job to have to kind of, you know, accept the fact that these guys talk how they want to talk now. These mm -hmm. guys don't talk how they want to talk now. These guys are having more freedom in society to be able to do what they want to do, and that's going to carry over into how I referee this basketball game. At mm -hmm. the end of the day, if I'm an NBA referee or I'm a professional referee, 
I earned my credentials I'm to be able to get to crazy. this point. I'm not getting talked too crazy exactly. by these players. Exactly. I earned my right to be yeah. here. These guys aren't going to tell me how to do my job. In my situation, just like you are <laughs> right, in yours. yours. You're not exactly. Talk to me crazy. Exactly. Like so. I'm here for a reason. I didn't make it here overnight. You can't just right. wake up and be an NBA official. So you know, I understand how that dynamic can come into play. But if I'm a referee, I'm going to be firm. I'm going to be firm in my approach. I'm going to be confident in my my ability to be an NBA official because that's why I'm here. So you're not going to dictate how I do my job because you feel some type of way on a call that I make that I've been trained to do, that I'm a professional at doing, and that I've been doing for quite some time. One word. Facts. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, so right. lastly, you know, we got to get a little bit of culture in here. Um, we definitely got to talk about uh, the Migos culture, the culture, the <laughs> culture Migos, too. they got culture too coming yeah. out here pretty soon. And uh, I want to talk about this marketing tactic that the Migos use. So many may know, many of you may know, but it's also new enough to where a lot of you may not know that the Migos have a new star, a new song called stir fry. Um, it was released in December produced by Pharrell. Um, it's already a hit because it's the Migos, but it's definitely going to continue to climb and become a hit because this song is the official song for NBA All-Star Weekend. And we all know how much uh, publicity NBA All-Star Weekend receives. Let's not forget the fact that All-Star Weekend is in Los Angeles this year. So when it comes to the culture (laughs) or the music scene or the entertainment scene, that's that New York are the two most popular places. And in Atlanta, you know, are some of the most popular places in the country when it comes to the popularity of those types of industries. So you got the Migos doing this, but what I respected, I, it was something I caught that the Migos did. We caught that the Migos did um, on MLK night. Right, right. Nothing. Also goes into the marketing tactic All that we talked about earlier. All eyes on the, on the TV. On, MB, on Martin Luther King Day, um, during the Warriors and the Cavaliers game, the two best teams that the NBA has to offer to play against each other. You got the best players in the world playing against each other. The Migos have a commercial where, you know, they're performing and that's intersected with NBA highlights because this is the song that's pumping up the NBA right now and it's leading in the NBA All-Star Weekend, which is, what, less than a month away now. Right. Um, the Migos had their commercial played on the biggest stage that it could be played during an NBA game. And literally, like, within, right after that commercial yeah, got played, they go on social media and they announce Culture 2 that is dropping on at the end of the month. It's either the 26th Six, or the 26th. which is a new album, Culture 2. January 26th, Culture 2, they're dropping a new album. And D-Boy, you're a rapper, so I definitely want to get your take on you know, how the Migos are, in my opinion, running the game right now. The Atlanta market, I think, is, you know, the hottest region when it comes to hip-hop. But just on kind of how they did that and what's going on in the culture of hip-hop and the NBA since this has been such an NBA-heavy day. (laughs) Yeah, I think it just exemplifies, like, a team, you know, having a team and premeditated marketing planning stuff out not just moving on the fly and that was a perfect perfect example of that you know what i mean culture one which is an album from last year dropped in january and that's kept them above water you know what i mean this whole entire previous year that we just went through so 
upon landing a placement on one of the biggest weekends in sports and then being seen on TV during Martin Luther King Day and then announcing your next album, it just looked like they setting themselves up to run it a whole nother year again. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, All-Star Weekend for the NBA is the end of February, middle to end of February. Right. It's a short month, so might as well be the end. Exactly. Rolling into March and April, springtime, and then it's like, you you know that something from that album is going to be a summer anthem. Right. If not stir-fry. You know what I mean? So it's like, you just see them already positioning themselves to win the next six to eight months easily now here's now here's the question that i have for that because um obviously you work in entertainment you are a content creator i'm a content creator we know a lot of content creators out there and you talked about having a team and planning things out but you also hear from a lot of aspects somebody like a gary v saying don't worry about having a plan necessarily in some cases don't worry about having a plan just make sure you're dropping and releasing content you'll get better as you go now i know the migos are at a different stage because they're already at the top of the game so they have the luxury to be able to have a game plan and have a crazy marketing tactic like the one that they had on Martin Luther King Day, but you have a lot of people out there that may not have that kind of access, and they're just dropping content with no plan. Do you think that helps to do that? Do you think it hurts to do that when you look at it from the perspective of what the Migos were just able to do as well? Um, don't get me wrong. Like I get what Gary V was saying, or I, what I believe he was trying to say, because content is key. I think Gary V was coming from more so of a perspective that you got no chance without content. Right. So that's general back to basics, like put out material. You know what I mean? Right. If you think it's good or that it can work, like, cause we're not in a day and age of what's good and bad anymore. But if you think it's content that can work, put it, it out. It's clever. You know or, what I mean? Well, yeah. Put it out as frequently as possible. So I think that's where Gary V was coming from. But what I meant by the team and everything with Migos is that you can't help but to see that they have a team that is cohesively working to maximize they, they're run right now. Right, Like right. you said, they run in the game. You get what I'm yeah, saying? So right. it's like you can't help but to acknowledge the fact that whoever their team of people are are making some power moves that seem to be working in their favor and will continue to work. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I just, I just want to know, like, where can you find that balance of if you're somebody that doesn't have a team or if you're even somebody that does have a team, like where do you find that balance between releasing content, even you as an artist and as a rapper, how do you find that balance between, okay, I need to release some content in comparison to having a game plan in particular to try and Um, do what's best for your record or for your album or for whatever the content is that you may be releasing. And I think that uh, I got a good answer for that, really. I think that finding a balance really comes with utilizing resources and being resourceful, for real. Obviously, you know what I mean? A group like the Migos, they're megastars, so obviously their resources are a lot 
you know, heavier. You might got yeah. one phone call to hit up TNT or one phone call to hit up Pharrell to produce a song such as Surfer or whatever. You get right. what I'm saying? So I think the balance is as somebody who might be up and coming or not on a platform such as Migos still put out content and utilize resources. You might not be able to get on TNT, but you might be able to pay for a commercial that covers your local area. You know what right. I mean? And so you might not be able to get on the biggest blog, Double excel but you might be able to get on some of your local blogs that people checking out in your city and places that you frequent so it's all about utilizing the resources that you have right kind of developing a resume to hopefully expand and bubble off that respect respect i i can i can respect that 100 percent. so shout out to the migos shout out to stir fry shout out to the nba because this was a day <laughs> filled with nba content and uh like i said make sure to uh, subscribe to this podcast we're on iTunes we're on SoundCloud the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey you can find me on Instagram Twitter social media um, you can just search my name Devon Pouncey but my at name you can tag me at Pounce underscore Sation that's P-O-U-N-C-E underscore S-A-T-I-O-N uh, also make sure to check out that podcast that I'm doing with the Oregonian and Oregon Live. It's called the Three on Two Podcast. You got three of us, myself, Danny Moran, and Tyson Alger, who are, um, you know, primarily covering two teams. They're they're the two guys that cover the Oregon Ducks and the Oregon State Beavers basketball teams. And then you have myself just to, you know, bring a little flair to the situation. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, make sure you go and subscribe and follow those and check those out. And D-Boy, you got anything you pushing right now uh d-boy ltd d-b-o-i-l-t-d that's on all platforms you can still go find my latest album the listening party on all streaming media platforms uh just keep on tuning in to wake up and win the podcast you'll be hearing a lot of me and uh we just gonna keep this thing rolling in 2018 indeed and lastly don't forget shout out to dovetail coffee um, you go to dovetailcoffee.com and you put in the promo code wake up and you will get a free delivery to your front door. So remember, it's dovetailcoffee.com. Promo code is wake up and you'll get a uh, free delivery right to your door. So before we end it, you know, I got to say what I got to say. The only way I know how to say it and that is to stay woke and go in. <laughs>